Welcome to a daily dose of Torah, as Rabbi Ruvi New masterfully blends a flavorful mix of today's Hayom Yom, Hasidic meditation, Torah portion, Tanya, and Maimonides. Get ready for a delicious and nutritious power booster for your soul. Ready to power up your day? Join Rabbi New for the daily Torah podcast on your favorite podcast provider like Spotify, Apple, and Google. Plug in and power up. Good morning. Welcome to today's edition of 10 Minutes of Torah. Today is the 7th of ER, and we dedicate today's 10 Minutes of Torah to the memory in the yard site of Yaakov ben Avigdor. May his soul rise ever high in the heavenly realm, propelled by the prayers and words of Torah shared here this morning, today. Today's um, 10 Minutes of Torah is entitled, Have Mercy on God. More about that in a moment. Today's Ayyayim Yoyim, the Hasidic teaching for um, today, points out that there is a uh, custom among many Jews during this time period called the Omer. The Omer are the 49 days from that start on the second day of Pesach of Passover and end on Shavuot the festival of the receiving of the Torah. These are called the 49 days of the counting of the Omer. The Omer in Hebrew is a measure. It's a measure of Bali that was offered in the temple on the first day of Pesach in the afternoon. And that started this count down or up to Sinai, to the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. And um, one of the tractates, actually a couple of the tractates of the Talmud, um, the tractate Shavuos and the tractate of Sota have 49 folios, which means 49 double sides. And it is the Hasidic custom and, and of many others during this time period, starting on the first day of Pesach, to study each day one of the 49 folios of this tractate of the Talmud Saita. Now, on the surface, it seems like, well, 49 days, 49 pages of Talmud. Why not? Sounds like a good idea. Well, good excuse to study a tractate of Talmud. But of course, there's always greater depth to the things that we do. So conceptually, the connection uh, is this. This time period, the 49 days, we count each day um, to, uh, to the giving of the Torah of Sinai, is a time of cleansing and refinement. And that's reflected by the fact that each day, after we finish counting the day of the Omer, um, so for example, last night we counted 28, two, two, 22. Three weeks and one day. Sorry, yeah, I was getting into four weeks already. Three weeks and one day. Each day, we ask God in the prayer following the counting of the Omer to give us the strength to cleanse and to purify one of the 49 emotional attributes that make up the full spectrum and gamut of human emotions. So, for example, this week we focus on the attribute of compassion. And there are seven outlets for compassion. So the total 
gamut of emotions of 49. So this is a time of um, cleansing and purifying so that by the time the festival of Shavuot comes around and we stand before God and commit ourselves to the Torah, we're fully present. We're fully engaged. So this 49 days is like a detox program to prepare us for the giving of the Torah. It's a cleansing. Obviously, we're getting rid of negative stuff, um, getting rid of baggage, getting rid of negative behaviors, uh, and so on. Where do negative behaviors come from? They're all sourced in the soul within, called the animal soul, which is the soul that seeks pleasure and self-gratification. So, the tractate that we study, which is the tractate of Saita, Saita means wayward, and is the term the Torah uses to describe a wayward woman, which is a meaning a woman who is suspected of committing adultery. She has been um, found to be in seclusion with a man other than her husband and been warned not to do so, and there are strong grounds to suspect that adultery has transpired here, in which case she would not be permitted to her husband anymore. She claims innocence, and the procedure the Torah lays out is a procedure in which she's brought to the temple. She drinks um, water that, a unique mix of water that contains also uh, verses from the Torah, um, and she also brings an offering of barley, and this procedure will determine whether she's in fact guilty or innocent. And if she's innocent, then these waters become also purifying for her. They become an elixir of life and vitality. So the connection is also about it in terms of the, the behavior and can the connection to Bali. Um, and that's the way we start the Omer period also when the offering of Bali. The Talmud says that wheat is the grain that is associated with humans, and barley is a grain associated with animals. And what that represents is the propensity for animalistic behavior that we all have, which comes from the animal soul, which again is the soul driven by pleasure and self-gratification, which if we allow ourselves to indulge in that can lead us down some perilous pathways. So. The study of the Tractate of Talmud is not just because of Saita, not just because it has 49 pages, but because conceptually there's a connection. And that is it all, it's all about the refinement of self, taming the inner animal. Uh, we're not going to get rid of it unless we reach tzaddik level, which most of us are not going to get to. But we can, however, be uh, in control or work it and uh, contain and do our best to refine the animal within and to find positive ways to give it expression. Um, so that's the Hayyoyim Yoyim for today, talking about refinement of the animal within in the Torah portion of today, which is the second section of the Torah portion of Emer. Um, the Torah talks about Yom Kippur and uh, a large part of this week's Torah portion is about the service that took place in the temple on Yom Kippur. But in today's particular reading, we have the um, the mitzvah to fast on Yom Kippur. But what's the idea of fasting? So fasting is also a, a process of cleansing, of purging, of uh, 
detoxifying. Um, um, so on Yom Kippur, um, it's a day when we get more connected to um, soul and um, less materially and um, physically uh, weighted down and more spiritually connected. Now, how is a person able to survive a day without eating? We all need to eat and drink. So how do we survive? Well, how do we uh, all together, what are we, what, what's happening when we're eating and drinking? Eating and drinking involves taking elements of creation that are um, below the human in the scale of things, whether it comes from plants, in the case of fruits and vegetables, or water coming from the minerals, or uh, whether we're having uh, meat, fowl, and so on and so forth. These are all elements of creation that are lower than human, but God designed things such that we should be sustained by those lower elements. So what happens when we're not actually eating? We're not getting that fuel. The answer is we're drawing from the energy of the food that we've eaten previously, the day before. It's like uh, we're storing up the tank. But by the time the fast day comes around, we are already, we are drawing the, the, the energy of the food now that it's become completely assimilated and metabolized by the body. So on uh, Yom Kippur itself, the energy level of the food that we're connecting to is not as it is in its original state, whether it's meat or a vegetable or fruit, but now as it's already been humanized, which means it's already become assimilated within the body. So we're receiving from a higher level, a purer level of energy. So that's the idea of, of the fast is to um, take us to a more um, uh, clean state. And it's also a form of talking, we're talking about um, detoxing from um, the more material level of uh, food and connecting to the more spiritual and human side of it. So that's, and then after Yom Kippur, that gives us the, the, uh, the power, the energy to then be able to eat and drink on a normal day. And that the, the, the process of eating shouldn't make us coarser, but rather um, more refined. But in order to do that, you have to have a day of uh, detoxing so then you can re-enter into the space of consumption and should be healthy. And um, like I said, not contribute to our coarsening but to our refining so that's the uh, Torah portion for today which uh, also leads us to today's uh, Tanya we said that this week of the Omer we start the week of the attribute of compassion of Achmonus called or Tiferes it's called so in the, in the Tanya of today the Alter Rebbe says that uh, part of cultivating a relationship with the God and sensitivity to God is to have Rachmanis, which means to have mercy on God. What? Mercy on God? What is that supposed to mean? So he says as follows. What is the soul? The soul is a fragment of the divine. The soul is a chelik elikah. The soul is a piece of God vested within man. And if, if we just think about what we subject this piece of divinity within us to, the places we take it to, the thoughts that we encumber it with, and so on and so forth, um, we realize that uh, we should have Rachmanus on this very pristine, 
innocent, holy, uh, peace spark of, of godliness and divinity, and we subject it to all sorts of uh, unholy thoughts and ideas and desires and experiences that uh, are very antithetical to what to to the way the soul would would like to live its life. So part of realigning ourselves to our divine purpose is to think about um, how the soul has journeyed from its spiritual source in heaven and come down to be embodied and embedded um, within us and to have mercy on it. In other words, to give it free expression and not um, inhibit it and curtail it by being distracted by our animal desires or animalistic desires, but to allow the soul to have its own voice um, within us and to be merciful, to have rachmonas, and to realize God himself has sort of allowed himself to be, as the Kabbalah says, to be vested within the serpent's skin, which means all sin comes from the sin of the Garden of Eden, which is connected to the serpent. So the idea is that we should all have mercy on our soul. And just like you come across somebody who has no voice or feels like they have no voice and they're very frustrated and they feel and, they, and a merciful person will say tell me let, let, tell me what it is that you are experiencing that's Rahmanus will give a person a voice to express themselves so that starts internally and within to give voice to our own godly soul and that liberates it and that helps us to um, give expression to it in the way that we actually um, comport and conduct ourselves that's the uh, that was the Tanya of today last week we have the um, laws of Rambam today which are the laws of partnership and um, one of the laws Rambam mentions today is that if a person let's say owns uh, a uh, hen and uh, you wanted to produce eggs Oh, to produce uh, more, not eggs, to produce more hens, chicks, and you give it to a uh, farmer, a chicken farmer, to uh, keep the eggs warm and do, do, do everything is necessary to produce, uh, for the hen to produce uh, chicklets. The, huh? Chicklets. It's the wrong term? Yeah, where do you think the gum got it from? <laughs> Chicks are the, the, that's the female ones, and the chicklets are the, the male ones, no? Anyway, so, uh, anyway, uh, thank you, Adam. I like the, thank you for your comment there. Anyway, so, w we digress. Oh, so what happens? So, the Torah says that the law is that you have to pay the farmer, the chicken farmer, not the chicklet farmer, the chicken farmer, um, while he's doing whatever he's doing, he needs to be paid and compensated. In other words, um, the law is that once the, the chicks are produced, you split the profits. Um, and they're sold, you split the profits. It's a partnership. But even while they are being produced, you have to pay your partner for his time and his effort. Follow? So the Rebbe takes a strong, powerful uh, um, takeaway from this. And that is, we are all partners with God in creation. 
God put us in this world to be par- his partners in making the world a godly place and a better place. So what's the law? The law is that a partner who invests with another partner and gives him a commodity to take care of has to make sure that he's paid while he's doing his job, not just at the back end when the job is done and you make the sale and then you split the profits, but even while the process is taking place, you have to make sure that your partner is compensated. So what that means is that since God made us all his partners, in creation and making the world a better place, God is obligated to pay us as we go. It's a pay-as-you-go program. God is obligated to make sure that all of us have all of the blessings of health and wealth and plenty of time to enjoy it. And with that, we wish you to make it a great day. Thanks for joining us from all over the world here this morning. And we will see you right here on this Facebook page, Thursday morning, 7.30 a.m. Thank you all, and make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to today's Daily Dose of Torah. For more life-enriching wisdom from Rabbi New and to sponsor a Daily Dose of Torah, go to bocabeachchabad.com.